everybody. Welcome to episode 74 of the Go Gorilla Filmcast, your source for all things indie film. I'm one of your hosts, Sashia Dumont. I'm another host, Mr. Paul Robinson. And um, I'm very excited today because we have a returning guest. Someone came back. Yeah. They're like, all right, I'll do it again. It's fine. Whatever. <laughs> um, Miss Cassandra Ebner, how are you today? Tell us about yourself. I'm great. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me back. Um, I am Cassandra, as you just said. Uh, I'm an actress, a stunt performer. Um, a now writer and filmmaker. Well, I was a filmmaker before, but a more credited filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Accomplished, as it were. Yeah. Yeah, now you're even uh, more of one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, thank you, guys. Yeah. And so you you just, and one of the reasons I wanted to have you on is because I just binged through uh, Life XP mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> I loved it. I paid for it, of course. Um, oh, thanks, because, guys. Well, I, a because I'm I'm impatient and I have to see everything, <laughs> and B is because you offered the behind the scenes, which I'm a, like a behind the scenes junkie. I love seeing that stuff, so I loved seeing how, um, you know, uh, how it all came together and all that sort of stuff. But I wanted to talk to you some more about about that adventure. Well, first um, of all, just yes, congrats. go ahead. Um, I believe you did get married. Oh yes, in all of that and uh, coming out with Life XP in there, I also did get married. Thank yes, you. Congrats. Oh. <laughs> you <laughs> my time it's is all messed up year. i'm like i'm pretty sure that was this year i hope that wasn't last year yeah. and she's like no that happened yeah. last I'm year i'm just starting to post the things because i remember about our wedding that'd be so funny yeah so that's <laughs> no, exciting geez wow all in this is yeah. quite a year yeah it's been a crazy year um you'd think um planning a wedding would be big but um making a movie probably a little bit big, bigger yeah i would say so <laughs> Um, while we were editing, um, we would be like, okay, so this is what we need to make sure we get done for the visual effects. And what, what color are the flowers? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it was And then you end up with flowers in your edit and then visual effects at your wedding. You're like, wait, what is oh happening? Oh my goodness. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah. I guess the big question that I'd like to ask is what kind of drew you to this story? Like what made you want to tell this sp- specific story for Life there XP? There quite a few layers to me wanting to tell this story, but it came down to really wanting to showcase somebody um, fumbling through life Mm -hmm. um, because I don't feel like I get to see a lot of my heroes fumble Mm -hmm. through life. Like um, my hero uh, growing up was like Tomb Raider. And I was like, she's got it all figured out. Like she is the confident person that I'm going to be when I get older. And then I got older and I was like, where's this confidence? Like, I, th- I was promised confidence. Yeah, this right. is not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> and so I really wanted to show a character who was like attempting to grow up, but was not necessarily doing the best job. <laughs> so I really wanted to focus on that type of story for other people. Yeah, there's, there's definitely an arc your character goes through, but I feel like she's not done growing. Yeah, that there. I wanted to give everyone a piece of, or I wanted to show everyone like, yes, she's making steps, but also she isn't there yet. I had quite a few people actually talk to me um, about Life XP after, and they're like, oh, but isn't she supposed to be like super good at like what she does? Because like it's the ending of the first season, and I was like, yeah, it's the ending of the first season, but she has so much more to go. She mm-hmm. needs to learn more. She needs to experience more before maybe she becomes as good as people are hoping. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that, you know, for me, when I watch, I'm a big fan of science fiction and superheroes and whatnot. But um, to me, it's boring. Like it's the Superman effect, right? If somebody's so 
where, where do they have to grow, you know, and, and finding characters that have depth and flaws and, and they're, you know, things they have to work out. That journey is ultimately going to be much more um, relatable and entertaining to watch, to watch growth of somebody. Well, I'm glad that uh, you like um, the slow go game because um, not that I want it to be slow or anything, but I used to watch shows and all of a sudden the characters would have everything figured out. Mm -hmm. And that would be so frustrating because you're like, really? Like, that's how they did it? Like, yeah. why can't it work like that for my life? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's super unrelatable. And uh, for me, I like things to be grounded. And when somebody's got it, like you said, all figured out or they there's no there's there's no stakes you know, like, yeah. you know, you see a character and you know, they're, they're going to go in. And, um, I think oh, we were just watching something like that. I think, oh, it was the, that Star Wars show. Oh, the Mandalorian. Yeah. Mandalorian. So we were watching that and, and I don't want to give anything away, but the character, what I liked about that character is that he's not like some superhero that can kill everybody. Uh, he, oh, yeah. you know, he can get, he could take damage and he's not like, um, you know, he has what, you know, he's, he's basically like not in destructible yeah and so that's what i drew me to that series and and so the same thing that i saw in your in your writing and your character development was that um that every man's journey you know whoa did you just compare life xp to <laughs> mandalorian <laughs> i mean sure <laughs> i mean there's a, a slight budget difference probably but um, there's kind of yeah there's a little bit of a difference just a there. slight difference. but i'm just yeah i'm just talking but, in themes you know and and, and no no totally and um, the um, the cool thing about what you just said, what you both just said is you said the the man's journey and then you said the woman's journey. And the thing is, is I really think it's a story that both of us can relate to. It's not like just this person's journey or just this person's journey. We've seen so many shows where um, like Indiana Jones, where the guy fails through everything. Right. Mm -hmm. And you don't really get to see girl shows where a girl fails through everything. Mm -hmm. It's not something that a lot of people are, there's stuff out there for sure. We could find it, we could look it up and there'll be something out there. But it's, it's not really, really cool excess. that you, Yeah. No, there isn't. And I think there's something fun about that. There's something fun about realizing that, you know, anyone can do it. It's an every person's journey, like you said. Yeah. Um, I wish I had said every person instead of every man's journey. No, but no, you both said something take, awesome, it's take and then some time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's just all good. I, yeah, I mean, we. I sometimes we get into this, and it, you know, it's ingrained. I do it sometimes as well when I think of like a crew member, and I'm like, oh, that guy, you know, or like, right. what like about the guy. yeah, the sound like we need guy a sound or whatever, guy or a sound person, and, you know. You know, but now it's, you're starting to see women in the field so much more, so mm -hmm. it's. Um, it takes time to actually adjust. It's been so many years of it being just a very male dominated field that yeah. um, I think it's awesome that you can have, you know, like for, for me, um, when we went to go see Terminator, I wanted to see it because Linda Hamilton, when I was growing up, aside from her and like Sigourney Weaver were like the only two female leads in a film in the eighties Yeah, that seventies, seventies, eighties that were like badass. You know, was yeah. so many women in, in that time in films were like being saved or they were very um, delicate flowers, if you will. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, I liked. Or or acted as motivation for the male. Yeah, because like I, I, I don't know. I, I hate when it's like we kind of went through this um, this process of like, oh, we're going to start. It's going to be more inclusive. But then in order for women to be the hero, they were usually angry. Right. 
So it was like either there were these soft, delicate flowers or they were just like these overly aggressive in your face characters. And I'm like, but why can't the characters also be funny? Like, why can't you have a female hero that also has a silly side or has a comedic Mm -hmm. side or has it like there's a dry humor to her or, you know, so that's what um, I really enjoy about like what you do and with, with, uh, you know, with other women are are doing and and men who are writing for characters that are allowed to be not so one dimensional, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's a really cool time because like you can find all these different characters in, um, in shows coming out and in the last couple of years, like stuff I grew up with, I was pretty lucky that I had some awesome heroes um, to look up to. Mm. Um, but again, uh, it's funny for me because um, I I didn't notice that there weren't like girls in a lot of stuff mm-hmm. um, growing up. I just was like, oh, like I want to be like Jackie Chan. Oh, right. I love Jim Carrey. And like I just looked up to guys and girls mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. didn't really notice the line, which is – been really fun for me because um i'm going to like a lot of these award shows and people are talking about pay uh the work that they've done to get there and how hard the road has been and i get to be the person going there and saying thank you because i've experienced the way that they've paved if that makes sense Mm -hmm. and so like so much of what they say has come up in front of them i'm like you know i don't see that as much anymore because I've been so lucky because these people have have done this for all of us. Mm-hmm. So it's an interesting perspective to go up on stage and be like, I don't see those things because of you guys. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so it's pretty amazing. It's been a cool, cool journey. And um it's cool that we all get to go see these shows now that we're like, these people are so my heroes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you're also because uh, I think we were watching an episode of Flash recently. And you were like, wait a minute. And you rewound it because Cassandra was like, were you in like a cafe? Or oh, were you yeah. In the cafe? That was a couple months ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, wait yeah. a minute. And I was like, what? He's like, look who that is. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, w- um, I played a character on there called uh, Raylene Sharp. And I had uh, superpowers, which was like the coolest thing ever because that's all I wanted as a kid. Mm-hmm. When I got the audition script, I read the script and it said, and she like, um, puts her hands out a la Wolverine mm. and she gets her powers kind of thing. And I was like, this is the best thing in the world. <laughs> so I uh, embraced my inner Wolverine for that role. Yeah. So you're kind of, so is there anything that you took from, and you know, you've worked on a, a lot of those shows because yeah, you live in Canada and I think there's a lot of stuff that happens up there. A and, lot of CW. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So is there stuff that you took from working on those sets to your own set? Hmm. Um, I've definitely learned so much from every set that I've been on. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, particularly, um, in the superhero, supervillain battle at the end, um, a lot of our knowledge of superheroes came in handy and -hmm. we could do like the speed thing because we worked on Flash so much. We knew how to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, we took, um, like from Supergirl, the flying and like, uh, like super strength is like a lot of performance and so we definitely took from all the like shows we've worked on Mm -hmm. which don't tell anyone guys (laughs) (laughs) because um when she just had a stroke in the middle of this segment i don't know what she's talking about Uh, yeah (laughs) um so the uh the production value of it was quite impressive 
honestly. Um, Thank you. You know, you, you're going through so many different genres. I don't want to give too much away because, you know, if people haven't been smart enough to plunk down five bucks for it, then whatever. But um, Not yet, but they will after this this show. Indeed. Right, right. Um, <laughs> the um, Was it – how difficult was it to kind of – and what did you go through to capture each of those genres? Because you're like in a Western and then mm. you're like, you know um, – you know, you're just jumping from thing to thing, and and it's kind of like their own little. I don't know if it was a. You know, it's I don't know. Little I don't worlds, know, yeah. Little it's worlds like build, world building, just for a specific episode or a couple yeah. episodes sometimes. And and you're wondering like how we did it or like yeah why yeah we like did it that like way? What, how how do you approach one one scene or sequence to another you know you're in, if you're in a, in a western or you, i think it opens up and you're like in this forest and and so just capturing the different um uh themes of those genres to kind of help as um, a backplate for for the episode it it all came down to honestly the costumes mm-hmm. that was like a huge thing and that was something that we had made sure we budgeted for because we knew in order to really make everyone feel immersed in that world, the costumes would need to be filled out. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and also like everything, if you look in the background of every scene that um, we filled it out with something that also immersed you in that world, whether it was like some horses in the background running by or Mm -hmm. a carriage or um, a lot of favors were brought out. Like we didn't have those horses available to us. They were on the grounds that we were filming at and they had like an amazing um, looking barn that like suited like a Western type feel. So like we really filled out the atmosphere, the costumes, and then it brought everything together. And it wasn't even about necessarily accents or anything because that's not what it's about. It's a video game world. Mm -hmm. So just those elements I found really tied it together. And then when we went into the editing world, our amazing editor, Ian, colored all of the things Mm -hmm. to that type of um, genre. So if you look at the Western versus the um, combat sort of like a – uh, like Call of Duty type world, yep. one's more muted and like orange tones. The other one's much more like gray and green and sort of blue tones. And so everything, every step of the way was thinking about how that world looks in movies or TV shows, um, including when we were um, prepping every scene. Um, before we filmed, our camera guy was thinking about the way they usually film those types of scenes. So in the war scene, he did everything handheld Mm -hmm. so that we felt like we were there with them. In a lot of war movies, they do handheld scenes. Mm -hmm. Um, And then for the Western, it's all very long shots. And this was discussed with um, director Trevor Addy and DOP Josh Nepper. And they would talk about the lenses they wanted and they really filled out these worlds. I can imagine the um, the logistics of trying to get everything together because it's like, you know, if you're building a, a film that's just a Western, you know, you're building out for the Western, but now you have to think about the logistics. Within, like, this is of, still within like an indie budget. Yeah. So you have to. Yeah. Because it's basically a feature, right? It's feature length. Yeah. It's um it it was a lot of prepping beforehand um in and it's in, on the indie level, like I told you. So it's. It's uh, in our basement pretty much. And we're like, yeah. okay, so this scene, we need to make sure that we have all these costumes. And so um, we had a costume designer, but a lot of the work needed to be handed 
out in a lot of ways because there was so much um, that needed to be done. She did a lot of it, but we did a lot of the Western because we had some of the Western outfits because we want to make a Western movie one day. Mm -hmm. So we went to Value Village and we would pick up all the sizes we could that looked like something that was gritty and real in a Western. Mm -hmm. And so um, that was one of the things we did. We made sure that we had... um, certain requirements for what people brought on their on the combat day so we asked for help from people and it's like okay bring out your like airsoft gear wear um earth tones like we made sure that um if we didn't have the resources then we would bring the resources via other people who were awesome and willing to help out (laughs) yeah we had the a a similar issue uh, on our last film where you know we didn't have the the resources to go out and buy outfits for everybody. So we just kind of raided what everybody was going to wear to find out what they had that worked well for any specific scene. You know, we bought bought some stuff, but most of it was we were reliant on the wardrobe of the people. And luckily they had worked out. out. But you like it. That's the thing is like if you write it in, you see how much you can make work with what you have and you'll find a way. And if you can't, then you just rewrite the scene so that it's something that is doable. Mm -hmm. Um, that was like sort of there's probably there is for sure some scenes that I rewrote because there was like a location that we couldn't get. Mm. And so I'd rewrite it and I was like, OK, no, this is OK. This will work this way. And it ended up working out better anyway. And so it's funny when you have budget restrictions or creative restrictions, how that might actually amplify your film. Yeah. And so speaking of writing it, this is probably the the scope wise, the biggest thing that you've written. A hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. So what, what was that experience like? I mean, I, I'm sure you've written other other things, skits and, and short short films and stuff. But what was the experience of like of having to write something that is on that scale? Yeah, on that yeah. scale to keep well, the nice you know, because thing... when I write one of the issues that I come across is I'm writing every character I write sounds like I'm delivering the lines. So it's all from one voice. But when you're writing, you have you have a lot, especially in Life XP, there's a lot of characters, a lot of different genres. Some are over the top, some are not, some are grounded. So what was that experience like to kind of play in that world and like um, build out uh, character arcs and stuff on that scale? Coming from uh, character wise, it was um, actually quite a bit easier for me, I think maybe because of all the acting training I've done. Mm -hmm. So one of the things I would think about was, okay, um, one person usually in a scene we always have two people like with conflict for the most part like one person's trying to win the scene and the other person is trying to win their scene and so I would always think about like which character was possibly going to win in this scene and what they wanted from it um and then in another scene how does it how is it driving the story forward but how are our characters personalities driving the story forward so there was a lot of um if you end up like reading an acting book or something, if you, I'm sure you have, but it really helped me with uh, making sure that my characters were always driving the story forward um, and th- that I was consistent with them. Um, but I also would just sometimes write and then I would go in and I would look at their voices and I would be like, that doesn't really sound like Steph or that doesn't really sound like Kaz. Um, so then I would go back and I would kind of try to make it more sound like them. And honestly, I probably did 70 rewrites, wow. which... Like I rewrote and rewrote some pieces of the story didn't work. And I was like, oh, okay, if I can maybe implement this around here Mm -hmm. so that this is like more consistent or we put like a a time, um, a clock, some people call it a clock on something Mm -hmm. where you feel 
um, the time constraint of the her having to sign the contract again. I really wanted right. there to be a decision at the end that she had to make because that would make it much more impactful and important. So I hope that answers all your questions. I get really excited talking about this. Stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what what how what kind of a time frame uh, was the writing process? I probably I want to say around six months. Okay. Because I but I had it like brewing in my head for a while. Yeah. And um, then I started writing the first couple episodes and then I was like, oh, that's kind of fun. Let me like film something with my sister to see what that looks like, what Mm -hmm. the tone is. And then it was really terrible. And I was like, (laughs) okay, this is getting somewhere, I guess. And then I'd rewrite it. And then I started um, mapping out where I wanted the series to go for the first season. Um, And then... I went, okay, okay, and then I'd restructure it, and then I would rewrite it, and then I started to write the third, the fourth, and then I would rewrite those third and four episodes. Like, it was, like, honestly all over the place, but it was my way of doing it, and Mm. it worked for me. Was there anything, um, ever the pessimist I am, was there anything that, like, because there's always something that just, like, on set that you're like, that wasn't supposed to go like that, and was there any, like, like moments? 50% of everything. (laughs) Was there, like, any moments that you were like, crap? And had to sort of um, improvise or? There was like moments that like of jokes and stuff that I'd put in there that didn't totally come across on the day. And I was like, oh, interesting. Like I'm noting that or like, mm-hmm. okay, not everything works. And that's totally fine for me because as long as the story at the end of the day is being told, that's good. But one of the awesome things was um, me being the writer and the actor, I knew the story in and out. And right. so – if there was like some scene that wasn't totally, if I was in the scene and it wasn't totally going in the direction that I knew it should be, then um, I would work with the director and the actor and be like, can we like, you know, work together to make it maybe a little bit more like this? And then we would find those moments that I had pictured if I felt they were super important to the story. If I didn't feel it was important to the story, I'm like, okay, let's go with this new thing. Like let's, I really wanted to embrace everyone's creativity because I don't think this would I don't think any movie is one person's vision. Right. And so I was willing to take people's stuff in unless I really felt like we were missing something. Yeah. Yeah. This is a collaborative effort and, and, you know, it allows people to have ownership of it and it allows you to kind of see things from a different angle. You know, you as the creator to see things from a different, different angle, which is super helpful. But it empowers everyone too. And, 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 like you said, like they feel like they, they have ownership, which is great. Cause I, I don't want to own all of life XP because I don't <laughs> like yeah. my team does. It's, it's a really cool feeling. Yeah. feels like a family. Yeah. Yeah. We had that very similar kind of, um, thing going on, on our, on our last film. And, and, you know, I wanted to give the actors room to play within the characters and, and, and kind of feel out what, where they were going with stuff. Um, and kind of see where, see where that led because it's just, you know, they're, they're going to come up with things that you would never think about, you know. Oh, that's mm-hmm. interesting. Uh, I mean, I may need to, like, dial it back or, or you know, I have to, you know, steer the ship and whatnot. But um, I like that collaborative thing. Plus, like, when, you know, especially on our level, when people are working for nothing or very little money, um, you know, them having um, a stake in it and, and a say, I guess, for lack of a better word, in it, it kind of – for a lot of creative people, that can counterbalance um, the financing of it for them. Mm-hmm. Well, you made it Completely. sound like we paid and them in Tic Tacs. I mean, well, no, we paid them, but <laughs> they did get paid. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly not what they're worth. 
I think, but also that, it's probably it's. I think it's uh, um it's just, it's a different experience when you're writing something, you know, because normally as a writer you don't have a say a lot of times on sets. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, okay, mm-hmm. you, you pass the story along. And of course on bigger sets also, I mean, you know, people buy a script from you and it's like, all right, you're done. Yeah. And you you really don't have a say unless it's contracted and what they can do to, to these characters and change them and stuff like that. It's different when you're, when you're actually there on set and able to, you, you know, see what's happening and, yeah, and, and have still have that vision go the way you planned it because I, you know, I've, I've watched interviews of writers saying like the, the, the movie you saw was not the movie I wrote, mm. you know, but uh, it's a very different experience. Like I know how lucky I am to have done it and have sort of pieces of my vision come through. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I didn't, I've never felt like I was a writer. I didn't um, necessarily like go into all this to be a writer. Mm-hmm. I just really wanted to tell this story. And the fact that it um, came out more so like you said, like my creative, um, I guess, say is I'm very lucky. I like, and I'm glad that you told me that because it's hard to remember how lucky you are. And if you're doing these interviews and stuff, like someone else who's like, oh, I wish that like mine could have, my vision could have been better met um, is quite eye-opening. Thank yeah. you. Well, yeah, it's just not, it, well, the, I think the, the problem is that it's it's two completely different worlds that normally in this business, a writer doesn't really um, follow through into the actual production. And so when you have sets like that, you have um, crew members also that aren't used to that. Uh, we actually did have a crew member once say like, the worst, I, I was just like, I'm going to stay calm. But they were like, the worst thing is to have a writer on set. Mm. Um, and I was just like, all right, whatever, shut up. <laughs> but, um, you know, it, there, there's knowing your your limits as well. Like, of course, as a writer, you, you have to understand like, okay, well, I wrote this, but if you're not actually filming it, then you're, you know, your, your input is limited because it has to coincide with the actual production. But because we are actually making our own films, I get to say, no, I don't want that that way. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's not something that's that happens a lot um, because there are a lot of egos in the business. And so it's just kind of like, you know, you have a director that'll go like, I'm the director, you stay over there. Mm-hmm. Um, but then that becomes just, it becomes very just one dimensional. You know, yeah. you have one person's input and one person's vision and this and that. And, you know, with our actors, they were always super cool. They'd always come to me and say like, what do you think about Mm-hmm. if my character this that and that and like nine nine times out of ten i was like yeah sure whatever yeah. <laughs> yeah. um but you know i think like maybe one or two things that were brought up i was like yeah not so much because then it would imply yeah. x y and z and it's yep. not you know whatever but for the most for the most part if i'm owning your character then how are you supposed to feel a connection to it right I'm telling you how that character is. I can give you a, a baseline of like, this is the character's personality. And where, this is where the character needs to go. Yeah. But I can't say like, oh, so she brushes her hair with this hand specifically. Yeah. <laughs> like some people get mm-hmm. really like, you know, I, I, yeah, as an actor myself, I would find that annoying because it'd be like, well, that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, looking, at, yeah. looking at you, no Kubrick. creative freedom. <laughs> Kubrick. <laughs> the, 
the cool thing about um, what I'm seeing on sets more often and in articles and stuff is that the creators are having much more of a say in the TV show realm Mm -hmm. now. Yeah. Um, And what um, I've seen too is on set, like uh, as an actor, you can go to the writer and ask them, well, what were you thinking with this? And like, you can actually creatively ask them some questions and that's allowed and they are on set. And although they might not be, running things completely, people will lean on their writers now. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what it was like way before, but it's becoming much more prevalent. They're excited about the voice of the writer. Yeah. And I think especially in the, in, in the TV <laughs> world, the writer is kind of much more um, uh, relied on more, I think, yeah. than, than maybe, uh, um, you know, uh, the film world possibly. Yeah, I think yeah. It's, it's all contractual really. Yeah. Like if you're... Um, We've spoken to a couple of people that have sold scripts and stuff, and it, it depends on whether the director and the production company wants your input. And mm-hmm. then, it, you know, sometimes it's just exactly. like, look, this is what we, we're going to pay you for the script. You're selling us the script. It's ours now. Yeah. And that's got to be rough. Well, that's <laughs> fine. I'll just go make another one. I'm going to run out of ideas. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But, you know, that's because we make stuff, yeah. though. You know, I think for like somebody who's when you as a writer that's only writing and they're not filming it, you know. You're, you you make something a specific way and you have this specific idea mm-hmm. and then the actual outcome is completely different. That's got to be so weird. Yeah. 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 It, it would probably uh, most definitely hurt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but on that note, I wanted to ask you because so she and I, as as most people know, are, are actually married. I suckered her into it. <laughs> and uh, so we make films together. She, she writes, I direct. Um, and I know for this... For the series, you wrote it and, and acted in it, mm-hmm. and Trevor um, directed, directed it. So, what was that? Um, uh, what was that like? You know, the the what's the word I'm looking for? The the dichotomy. The, yeah, yeah. The relationship that you would have because you have your personal relationship, but now you also have your, I guess, professional relationship. And it, how do you guys? How did? How was it challenging to keep those two worlds? I mean, I assume you've worked together before, so you haven't figured out. But how does how does that work for you guys? Um, so, uh, funnily enough, um, usually when we work together, a lot of people don't even know that we are even dating or married mm. or any of these things, <laughs> um, because it's just him and I are just so invested in doing good work, mm-hmm. as both of you probably understand and relate to, um, that that's our focus is the story and making sure things are good. And we like communicate like, oh, did you like that? Was it good? Oh yeah, that was awesome. Or, oh, let's change it like this or whatever. And we really work together just like any other people would, except maybe, um, because I'm quite, um, shy, believe it or not. Um, (laughs) and, um, I don't like to step on toes and I'm, I'm learning to come out of my shell a little bit more to voice my opinion, but um, it's a very easy for me to communicate with Trevor because we um, are married, obviously, but um, it, it helps me with my confidence being able to work with him in that capacity and realizing what voice I can have. That is probably like the biggest benefit of doing this project with him because I might feel a little bit more shy to like tell someone I think it should be more like this what Mm -hmm. do you think right um that's probably where that comes in the most but I've also noticed that because of this project and realizing how much I do know and um how much my voice does matter I've gone to other sets and I've brought that there and I my confidence has uh probably 
exponentially gone up not mm-hmm. in like an ego way but like just realizing that my voice does matter like yeah. my confidence and shyness was like very uh very small so yeah. that's been really cool yeah that's i mean that's great especially for something like this where you have so much invested into it and um it's as collaborative as as everybody likes to be you do need somebody there to say okay let's let's get on schedule let's get going like mm-hmm. you know let's you know to kind of um you know, creatively, you know, steady the ship or whatever. And, and, you know, so, um, social, it's such an aggressive business too, that it is, it's hard to stay humble without being, it's like, if you're nice, you're just feeling misrepresented because people can, can be quite aggressive, Mm -hmm. especially if they've been doing it for a long time. And so it's like, you know, there's, it's that balance of like, okay, I want to be heard, but I don't want to come off like a dick. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how to do both. The the really cool thing was at the end of the day, um, Trevor really respected that this was my story and that um at the end of the day my decision was final decision. Mm -hmm. And although I never abused that um role, Mm -hmm. it it was it did really show a really nice dynamic on set where if um he would always even though I'm quite shy and quite nice, no one ever walked all over me because he was empowering me and there was other people empowering me. And the set dynamic was so nice at the end of the day. Everyone was nice because everyone we hired was nice, but also because we were respecting each other and creating that atmosphere, if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So that was really, really cool. Yeah, we have a, a similar kind of relationship in that. Um, you know, as a, as a director myself, uh, I... The film isn't anything without a good story, right? Everything starts from a good story, as we yeah. all know. And so when Sashia writes something, I want to make sure that I'm doing my best to see that come to life as she envisioned it. Now, there's going to be – once I read it and I, you know, I'm going to have my take or whatever, and there's going to be things that I'm thinking of that she may, A, never thought of or B, was thinking of something different. Um, and so – you know, I, I usually like, we really don't, we kind of see eye to eye on like 95% of things. But if I have an alternative idea, I'd bring it to her and, and she would say yes or, or no, or if we have time, we could try it both ways or, or whatever. But I, I, I feel like the person that created the story should be respected just as much as any, you know, or, or more so maybe than anybody else in that creative process in terms of like the director or the editor or, or whatever. Um, because it all started from there. But I do think that that person should also be open to um, collaboration as she, as you are, obviously, both of you. Um, and that's a, sometimes that could be a tricky balance. It's it's so cool that you guys do that, though, because I feel like you're correct in that. Like there's, there's um, so much that has come out of this person's brain and so much that's coming out of your brain and, and to like push those together and make yeah. something yeah. is like going to be the best thing it can be. That's it. It's really cool. Like, cause like what um, Steven Spielberg, some of his best movies were the ones he wrote. And so he's like going from the, the writer, creator to director. Mm-hmm. And then you guys are teaming up to be writer, creator, director. It's, it's always good stories when you go that way, I think. Yeah. But yeah, maybe when, I'm biased. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah we, we all are. Sometimes I just need like when you're in writer mode, right? I'm like, okay, so this is how I envision this. And then... Since Paul's also the DP, 
he has to sometimes come in and be like, yeah, that's not going to work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, well, it certain, doesn't. He's like, eh. Yeah, there's certain logistical Here's things the thing, like, like yeah, that, with the, that would the take lenses all day to we shoot. have, yeah. like that's not going to, you know, or this, that. And I'm like, oh, all right. <laughs> you know, so I have to rewrite that. It yeah. doesn't happen often, but there's like every once in, every once in a while, he'll just like, he'll have to go into DP mode and be like, oh, that's going to be a nightmare to yeah. like actually try to film or yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, we we had a this grand idea for our film where we were going to open up with this really long one oneer. Yeah, and um, so everything was planned for that, and then it got down to the logistics of it. And it was like, there's just no way. <laughs> we're not. There's no way. We, kind of. Re- I think you were you were trying to hang on to the oneer longer, and I was I like, was. you know what? It's was. really not. It doesn't. It has nothing to do with the story. Yeah. It's it just a, a pure cool visual. Yeah. 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 So I was like, I we are on a time crunch here, buddy. Yeah. Like, let's just scrap the winner, yeah. like move along. So that was another case of something like, all right, let's drop it. Let's figure it out, get it done. And then, you know, you got to re- remain kind of like uh, very pliable on set and be able to like, you know, have everything planned out like crazy, spending months and especially months on it, but with, then be ready to have to change it all in the, fl- you know, because it's raining like, one day or something. What she does and, you know, like you're not here with what you do, you know, because you have a lot of costume. And so it's like you have to have time for makeup and, you know, those things like you can't you have to have everything planned out. Yeah. There's not a lot of time, I would imagine, on set to just be like, oh, we're going to change this. Like, well, is, does this coincide with like everyone's costume or, like, you yeah, know, is yeah. everybody in the outfit they're supposed to be in? And mm-hmm. yeah, totally. And and um, you guys were just talking about, um, uh, oh, I had a thought in there and it totally like went out <laughs> one year because I was it. getting so excited. Um, but yeah, time constraints can be definitely something you have to like think about for sure in everything. Oh, now I remember it. So y- you guys are changing things on the fly, right, on set. Mm-hmm. And I-, I think it is one of the most valuable things to problem solve on the day. And then you bring that problem solving to the next thing you're doing. And it's, I think, one of the most valuable skills you can learn as a filmmaker is that problem solving skill because that's all we do yeah. on set yeah. is just yeah. literally problem solve. Okay, this isn't working. How do we do this? This isn't working. How can we make this the best shot it can be even though it's not working? Mm-hmm. It's, it's so, so valuable, especially when we're all doing our short films and and learning it. When we get those big budgets, it's just going to be so much easier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. say that all the time. You know, we, we um, because we wear so many hats, you know, if we get to a stage and where, I'm just directing and she's just acting and we don't have to like run out and get food and like do all this other stuff. Um, then that, you know, having actual departments and being able to communicate with those departments because you've done that job, obviously not as good as they have because that's their thing, but you know, you can at least speak their language and, and, and uh, make things so much more smoother. Totally. And, and yeah, not having to think about making food is one of the best uh, things that was probably <laughs> so happening on Life XP. <laughs> it's that, so that is. killed us on our last one. Absolutely yeah. killed us because we, we we stayed in a in a in the house. We like lived in it for five days with everybody. So it wasn't just a matter of like going and getting lunch. We had to make sure everyone well, had breakfast, lunch, and dinner, it, and it's the food to eat all day. Nowhere. Yeah, so and we're in the middle like, of nowhere. I had to cook every night mm-hmm. because. It's mm-hmm. not like, you you know, you have options in the middle of nowhere. And so those things like I think, you know, if, when you watch like behind the scenes things and you watch people that that talk about a production and their budget and all that, it's always for me so frustrating to listen to a set that say had a, a $10 million budget. And they're like, well, here's what went wrong on this because, you know, 
one of the dowels on the banister broke. Well, so we were done for the day. And it's like, why? Yeah. <laughs> like, you have all these people on set. And I realize it's because, you know, there's the pros and cons to those big budgets. When that's all you know, you don't have those problem-solving skills. It's mm-hmm. just like, well, we'll just have to budget in to just do this next week. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like, yeah. my brain is like, fix it somehow. Or mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, can you not film something else? Like, how is this just day awash? And I just think of like, cha-ching, like just money <laughs> flying out the window yeah, because yeah. there was a problem that you didn't know how to solve. Um, and, you know, we... I, I had that on the filmmaker side and then on the writer side, we had a huge thing on this last set that did not go as planned. And it was like, holy shit. You know? yeah. I just remember like we had to sit down. We have like every set we have that's long. We have like a minor uh, couples argument. <laughs> like, there's the professional argument of like, no, 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 no. You know, we always do it. Like we have one of those. And this was like, it was a big deal. And I think like, you were just stressed out of your mind. I was exhausted. And yeah. so it was like, I had to, it's, I, you know, I tend to kind of like crash sometimes. It was like the first time that I was like, look, everyone's here. We filmed this. We're almost done. We have to figure this out. Mm-hmm. I have to change, you know, it, it, there has to be an alternative. Mm-hmm. Even though I didn't want to change it, mm-hmm. I had to. And I kind of like this better yeah. now. So it's just, mm-hmm. you know, it's just in that moment, you're so like, no, but this is how I intended it. And you have to actually step out of that and be like, all right, Tashia, like, that's cool and everything, but how are we going to fix this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. That mindset is really quite healthy on set to be able to come to those conclusions. Yeah, and I rather enjoy that. Like, I love the challenge of figuring you something out. You love arguing out. with me? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, it's barely an argument, you know, it's just a disagreement, but, or not even a disagreement. It's just like two people that are- Two stressed minds stressed crashing. trying to figure yeah. out like- what it is and and um and it's not those types of arguments are generally like more frustration in the situation and not with each other sort of kind of things oh yeah but but i love like in the moment stuff when it's like all right we're in the moment this lighting scenario is not working what are we going to do and i'm just like all right let's figure it like i I don't know i like i like that you know i get excited about that i almost want things to go wrong no No, 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 I no. don't want things to go wrong. <laughs> That's yeah, but th- there is some exciting like things that happen in creative stuff that you wouldn't come up with unless you were in the heat of the moment of like oh time pressure and this and that and then all of a sudden you come up with this amazing like solution. It's like what? How did that even come out of your brain? That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or sometimes it's something that you like. There's a discrepancy that you didn't see. I find mm-hmm. that that happens to me because when you're living and breathe, like you know writing this and then oh, we're in yeah, pre-production yeah. and we're like oh my god and there's like an obvious yeah mistake and that's that neither of us have caught and, and like, then Wait, why is this? yeah and then an actor goes like um you know like if they're doing this or that whatever you're like oh thank right. you yeah, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. <laughs> but if you don't <laughs> have that love. open communication that your actors and or your cast and crew can say like hey just bt dubs yeah. <laughs> like i don't know if you noticed yeah. but this doesn't coincide like that's super important. Yeah, we had a we had a lot of that um, on Life XP too, where just people would come up and be like, "Hey, so 
just want to make sure that this line, like our um, our script supervisor was amazing. She loved the story so much and she just wanted it to be the best it could be. And so she would come up to me and she'd be like, hey, so just explain to me what this means. And I just want to make sure that this is what you meant. And I'm like, yeah, totally. That's that's exactly this is where it is. This is what it's supposed to be. She's like, OK, OK. And then this other time. She came up and she was like, I think we should rewrite this line. The The actor isn't getting it quite right. Um, and it just, it kind of throws off the whole scene. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I debated it for a bit. And I was like, okay, my intention was this sort of joke. But okay, if you think that it's really important, let's rewrite it. And so she came up with the line. We put it in. And it was just that I had, she had to do some convincing at first, but at the end of the day, what's most important to the story, boom, her idea was the best idea. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm so – it looks great now and you don't even notice that um, it, there was a mistake in there in the beginning. Right. <laughs> Thank goodness. That's, that's, that's all that's editing is right. It's just hiding all your mistakes. Of the script supervisor. One day I'll have one <laughs> yeah, exactly. of those. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to get me one that's of those always, one day. Yeah. <laughs> Script supervisor is um, quite nice to have, um, which we'd never had on anything before. It was our first time. Mm. So um, sorry, I don't know if you can hear my my pet is in the background screaming. (laughs) Okay, good. That's good. (laughs) Um, Um, But but on that, what was it like? Oh, um, they're like on her pet screaming. What is this? No, no. (laughs) Where are we going with this? What was it like to to crew up and, and cast for it and something on such a a bigger a bigger scope than I assume you're used to? Um, yeah, so way bigger. Um, we had auditions for a lot of the characters. Um, and so we had a couple audition days. We had, um, people send in taped auditions. Um, I, uh, put the crew together. So I had to, we had, we had a budget and we had to see what we could afford and which, um, uh, which people like essentially we couldn't afford uh, like a full crew. So we had to go, okay, what roles do we want to fill out? Um, the most like what would make the best product what would make like our lives most uh, easy that we're not having maybe 70 hats we're wearing we only have maybe 20 hats yeah. we're wearing. <laughs> so just something to minimize the workload a little bit so um, once we figured out who we needed then I went to um, people that I'd either known that I could see if they wanted to be a part of the project and if um, they didn't or they were busy or whatever then um, I went to um, a Facebook forum where people in the indie community were looking for jobs and so I'd post it on there I interviewed some people and then I'd hire them and so although it was um, a lot of work to do it um, it was amazing because now you have all these amazing people who are excited about your story and want it to be the best product. And it was, it was really cool. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I haven't really, I don't I know if that was your question. No, to- <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, Cause I haven't, I haven't really ventured into Facebook groups for that. I know that there's some out there, but it's interesting to know that that's still a viable resource for people. Yeah. Um, and it, you could do word of mouth as well, but with the time constraints and how mm-hmm. much like we, pretty much found out a month before we were filming that we got the money. So we were like, okay, heavy prep for a month, um, which we had some stuff planned already, but um, that was like collecting people, doing the the lawyers, doing this, doing that. So it was like pretty much whoever's available in the next day or two, then those are the people that are hired. So it was like a very fast process. And it was a a non-union shoot? Um, it was non-union in regards to um, crew, but it had to be union because I was she union. was in union. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that can be tricky because we, you know, um, we've always shot non-union, but 
union always just seems like such a headache, but we don't have any experience with it. Um, it uh, can be really great in regards to like if you're looking for um, like uh, stunt performers or um, maybe named actors or any of those things. Um, they are all within the union. So if these are things that you need or want, then you have to go union. So that yeah. is one of the benefits of going union. But if you're making a like a film that you're wanting uh, and you, you aren't union and you want to tell a story specifically and you know really great actors, then maybe you don't need to go union, you know? Yeah, I don't I, – I, it, it's, never, it's never due to lack of, you know, uh, finding – great actors because yeah talented yeah. people are there's, there's talented, talented people, people. in union bummed. and not in union i'm always but. bummed when our non-union actors are like oh i think i'm gonna go union i'm like damn it I know. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh good luck whatever yeah. you know? yeah. <laughs> I'm like oh man yeah. <laughs> but it was like uh it was probably it was a bit of a process to um do the union stuff but um it had to be done i yeah. think it took us a few weeks um but it was like back and forth emails really so only took like 20 minutes out of your day every four days or something like that. Yeah, they're supposed to be getting a lot easier and a lot more friendly to people that are making, quote unquote, lower budget stuff um, than it used to be anyway. The UBCP union, at least in in Canada, is um, they have different tiers for projects that people are doing. So indie projects that are under 20 minutes or this or that, they they have stuff in place for that. So that's pretty cool. We got to go to Canada. I know. Just, <laughs> Come on over, guys. Let's make a movie. It's just like way different here. Yeah. It's Canada's, just way different. It's so cool, both temperature-wise and from, yeah. It's just prettier. I've <laughs> always wanted to go. It's just different. I almost went once, but I didn't. Go. You almost went to Toronto recently, yeah. but that fell through. Mm. Darn it. Darn it. You'll um, have to go. It's quite pretty there, too. They have uh, Niagara Falls, as you know, but you may have been there because it's also on your side. Yeah. So. Well, I've, been. I've been to our side of that when I was like... 11 or something. He doesn't fly though. So if we go to yeah. Canada, we have to drive, which isn't too bad. I mean, we're only like seven. I'm waiting hours for like the big, the big, um, something in my life to happen that, oh, now I have to fly. I have like 45 <laughs> restaurants I want to go to. That's enough for me. <laughs> I just, I'm just going to eat my way through Canada. It's <laughs> crazy. It's crazy talk. Um, there's some really good food in Vancouver. You guys should come over here. Uh, See? <laughs> oof, you know. So, um, well, so before we wrap up, is there, I mean, I assume you're going to like kind of ride this melt for a while because it's, it's yeah, still was, new. Is there say, anything? Like, what's, what's, what's happening like, what's now? Next? Like, are you, 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 uh, doing the whole go on creepy dudes podcasts and, uh, <laughs> you know, talk about it or whatever. Uh, creepy dudes and creepy women. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. Yeah. Um, no, she's not uh, creepy, no. just me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm totally joking. <laughs> I was just being inclusive. Um, no, um. Uh, right now yeah just kind of like making sure um i put my best foot forward for people to find life xp because um the reviews so far have been like i didn't think it was gonna be so amazing and like it's just a matter of people finding it yeah i Mm -hmm. think and then them falling in love with this weird story (laughs) that um that came out of all of our brains um and then uh, I've got season two partway written, so the next step will okay. be seeing how season two goes and um, projects here and there. I'm working on set still while juggling all this stuff. So, yeah, that's that's the future. Nice. I can't. I, I, I hope there's a there's a season two. Yeah, I've got a few seasons. I have a five season arc planned. Oh, so oh, there you go. Let's see how that goes. Yeah. <laughs> Don't quote me on here, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Well, no, but that's, that's, she said. that's the good thing, you know, is that, you know, um, you know, you see it all the time in, 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 in 
I'll just call it regular TV shows, is that like, you know, from a creative standpoint, they're just like, all right, maybe we'll get picked up next season and then we'll figure it out. But having like a predestined kind of arc and like, you know where you're going. So if you get a season two, you have, you kind of have everything planned. So you can plant little Easter eggs. You can like have the the arcs and it just feels so much more fulfilling to watch something that you know has been planned from the beginning. Totally. And coming from an indie um, advice uh, thing that I've been, that I'm really happy about is at least knowing all the answers might Mm -hmm. keep you tied to your project. If somebody's going to possibly scoop it up and take it away, you have all the answers. You can literally answer every question that they have. Mm -hmm. And then also, because we're on the indie level, it's not like somebody's going to like write the script while we're prepping to do season two. It's going to be, we need the script ready so that we can prep for season two. So everything kind of needs to be done a little bit more in advance so that we have the best chance to make it the best it can be round two, round three, whatever. Fingers crossed. Well, good luck to yeah, you and, and everything. I, you know, I I genuinely enjoyed it, and um, uh-huh. I, it was. I haven't uh, finished it yet. Yeah. Uh, um, well, hopefully you enjoy it too. Yeah. <laughs> no, I like it so far. It's I just, just one of those things that you watch, and you just know that this person. This is like, it's. I, I don't. Uh, Take it easy, yeah, buddy. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting all choked up. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> it's just one of those things that you know when you watch it. This person. This is a passion project for this person. And when I watch it, I, I just see you all over it, you know, uh, both literally and thematically. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, but seriously, like it's just something that I can tell that you have a lot of passion in and it's something yeah. that is totally you. And and Aww. it just is it was it was very impressive. And, and I, I had to get you back on to talk about it because I wanted to hear the adventure. <laughs> Our babies all grows up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much for having me back on here. And um, if your uh, listeners want to go find it, yes. Um, do you want me to plug my Vimeo Please. and Mansi? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> plug Please. away, lady. Um, if you guys want to check it out, it's www.vimeo.com slash on demand slash life XP. Mm-hmm. And if you look up life XP, you'll probably find it as well. So. That's what I did. I did the old search. <laughs> we'll have all the links in Yeah, in we'll our, put all the links in there, but well. definitely... Check it out on Vimeo. Do a search for Life XP. Yeah, and if if you are like I can't afford a latte, that's okay. You can watch it for free on YouTube as well because that was super important to me. My favorite mm-hmm. web series were free on YouTube, and so I wanted to make sure that was there as well. It's always but the a behind good option, scenes, though. Yeah, but if you can <laughs> afford the latte, yeah. do support. Yeah, seriously, fellow indie filmmakers, please. Give me a break. Let's do that. Um, <laughs> what's the uh, What's the YouTube address? Um, it is um, youtube.com slash ebnerds, so E-B-N-E-R-D-S, and that's everything by nerds. Oh. Yay. Everything by nerds, but then also Ebner. Like the yeah, that's my, my family last name, and it my family's been so important to me on my entire journey. Family's really important to me, and then the group dynamic that we have on set is very family orientated, mm-hmm. so... I was like everything by nerds. That's what that's what it's going to be. By <laughs> nerds for nerds. Yeah. Well, hopefully we will see you. Well, we will talk to you when season two when is, season two is, has been ready. made. Uh, so, okay, we're working on it. Yeah. yeah. So everybody, you know, please support. Please support the, the show so that we can see a season two, yeah. and uh, give uh, give your your shouts and your likes and uh, do kind things. Yeah. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you for having me. I can't say thank you enough. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was great talking to you again, and we will talk to you in the future. Bye. Here is to the future. (laughs)
titles. Check, check. Titles. Amazing. Yeah, I'd like to give a quick review on The Mandalorian. Okay. First two episodes, anyway. Okay. All right. Yay! Yay! Cassandra. Yeah, she's always such a delight to have on. She's just, like, such a nice, genuine person. Yeah. Fun. Funsies. Glad she's she's doing her thing. It'd be cool to her. work with her one day. Yeah, we got to get to Canada. Yeah. Well, we got nothing good here. <laughs> she ain't going to come here. I know. <laughs> um, so just a couple, you know, just wanted to throw a couple other things in there. Yeah. So um, we are way, way late to the game. And we've talked about my um, my fear with the Shyamalan. Yeah. And so we had avoided watching Glass. Yeah. Like in the theaters because people were like, that was terrible. And mm-hmm. I, he's done it again. He did his usual thing yeah, and this yeah. and that. And so we were like, eh. And we had seen Split, which for me, like McAvoy was like the whole, like yeah. without him, I probably wouldn't have liked it, but I I loved McElvoy. his performance. And so we finally watched it. Mm-hmm. It was on the, it was on the cables and we finally watched it. I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it. because I went in with super low expectations yeah. because people were being so negative, negative about it that I felt like, oh, this is going to be garbage. I actually enjoyed it. Mm. I actually enjoyed it. Mm. I, I mean, like, was it the greatest thing he's ever done no i mean it was okay the story was okay but um again mcavoy does it again i just like his his jumping in and out of characters is just hilarious and impressive and wonderful and um yeah i thought it was like people were kind of crapping on the ending and Mm. i thought it was pretty clever and interesting and i enjoyed it and so this is a good example of like you know why you can't really go by ratings yeah and reviews because there's a lot of things that i've loved that people have hated and so i would i would say i don't know that i would have like if in hindsight if i would have like gone to the theater for it Mm. but I'm, but I'm it worth a watch. Yeah, I thought it was worth the watch. Especially I, if you've was, seen Split. It was on again, and I actually watched it again a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. it was in the background, you know? And, mm-hmm. and I was like, do I like... Yeah, I do like this. <laughs> do <laughs> so, I like this movie? Do I like this? Yeah. Um, so I I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, a lot of haters out there for it, but you got to you gotta judge these things on your own taste. Yeah. That's the lesson to be learned there, children. Yeah. Think for yourself. Think for yourself. Gosh darn it. And then, uh, so d- just if you haven't started The Mandalorian because you don't have the Disney Plus or whatever the hell it is or whatever, um, just exit the room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shut off the podcast because we're going to talk about yeah. um, a little well, bit be, of that. Well, well it would be the last thing we talk about. Yeah. So well, just, yeah, this so is the last stop thing. Listening you could now. just stop listening now. Go watch Cassandra's stuff and yeah. uh, Cassandra. Damn yeah. it. I was, yeah. I was, I always do that with Cassandra's and Cassandra's. Um, because of, uh, uh, Wayne's World. Wayne's World. <laughs> it's like the, literally the only reason yeah. why. So, uh, and her name was Cassandra. <laughs> so, yeah. So, end it. End it now if you don't want the spoilers. Yeah. As we all know, I am not a Star Wars fan. Nope. So I am present for these episodes. Although you did, you were, you didn't hate Rogue One. I didn't. No, I don't think any of them. I walked out and was like. Ugh total waste of time oh yeah it's just but that i don't relate to out the of stories all of them, that was probably the one that you liked the most or disliked the least or however you want to say it i don't know i think they yeah. were all like all right you okay. know i don't relate to the story as much i'm usually like what's going on here yeah was it who's this person again yeah so i'm an i'm that annoying person but with the mandalorian again i'm like wait a minute so <laughs> 
These are like uh, bounty hunters or something, right? Are they like bad guys or they're good guys? That's yeah. a bad guy, right? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, on the other hand, I, on the other hand, I am a Star Wars, a fan of Star Wars. I, um, I don't know. I think it's great. I, 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 it, I, I honestly wish the episodes were longer because they're short episodes. The first mm-hmm. one was like 45 minutes. The second one was like 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I like the look of it. I like the what's going on in it. I like, I love Star Wars stories that don't have to deal with lightsabers all the time. Yeah. I love lightsabers. Don't get me wrong. I love those too. But to kind of have stories like this, this to me is like the future of Star Wars, like I feel TV like this shows. is more, more filmy almost yeah. and cinematic because yeah. Star Wars is, is very kind of like puerile in a yeah. way. It's, it's adolescent well, driven. Yeah. And it's more flashy. But, and... but I think that, you know, and I can go on the, a whole Disney spiel, but I feel like it's become increasingly, increasingly more um, like it's, it's become more commercial obviously, but it's, it's, it's like this thing where if they make a Star Wars movie, it has to do well. Because they're going to spend two hundred million dollars or half a billion or whatever on it, so it has to do well. So you know, you hear all the drama about this director dropping out and this director mm-hmm. dropping out, and this happened and this happened is because the film has to be perfect and it has to make the money back. And so it there's never so will much be pressure on there, and it never will are be. Always people are always, and it's not something. just like nerds or Star Wars fans or whatever. That's it's just people in general. And so I think for me personally, I feel like making TV shows out of it lowers that expect lowers that pressure. Because you have, you know, if you have this show, like this show is a perfect example of they just tell an interesting story, you know, Mm -hmm. and I I feel like it's getting pretty positive reviews. There's people that are going to hate everything, but um, and it allows them to, you know, it's not one director directing every every episode. You you know, Taika Waititi does an episode. Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard does an episode. Well, John Favreau, he's the, he's he's the, the, he, it's his show. Yeah, it's his show. Okay. So I don't know if he actually directed an episode. He may have, but he's basically the showrunner mm. for it. He wrote it all, I think, or at least most of it. Um, and so, you know, um, I like, and I like, and it goes to my, the thing I always talk about is, you know, every time I watch a good movie, I'm always just like, I wish that was a show, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, because I want to know more about the characters. And I feel like, you know, I, I want to, I like the way the show is structured. It's kind of like a Western, as everybody's saying, but it's just kind of like that adventure story. You know, I have to go over here and get this to then solve this problem and then go over here and, you know, and and I don't know. I like that about it. And there's enough Star Wars in it to make me, make the fan in me to be happy about it, mm-hmm. but not, you know, there's not Jedis everywhere and lightsaber battles every episode and that stuff. It's more character driven. I don't have a pig in this race, mm. but as an outsider, I didn't like the first episode, I felt like it was the third episode. It kind of just started and there was no, I guess because I'm used to like that, you know, the, 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 that Star Wars paragraph or whatever, you know, like I'm used to that with the backstory Mm -hmm. that gives you what's, so I guess I would have liked, because I'm an idiot and this isn't my thing, I would have liked to have just known a little bit about like, okay, so these are the bounty hunters and they were whatever. And oh, okay, got you. For the fans, it's unnecessary, but that's just something I would have maybe liked because I felt like it just jumped in and it it seemed like I was jumping into the middle of an episode and I was like, I missed something. Um, However, uh, I do have to say, I don't know who designed the bounty hunter's <laughs> helmet, but it's stupid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to say, your 
visual yeah, your field of view yeah. is ridiculous. Who was like, give them a T to look through? That's all they need. I mean, could you really not have made the part of that helmet that you actually look through a little bit wider? It's yeah. just you got no periphery. There's no periphery. You can't see anything that's coming. Just I don't. Again, since this isn't my thing, but like I'm watching it and I'm like, wait a minute. How is this an effective helmet visually? This yeah. seems really obstructed. It looks cool, sure, but I don't you know. You know what the thing that I, 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 I thought was me. funny was seeing there's a scene where the Mandalorian puts up like a little like telescope to his little eye thing. <laughs> <laughs> it always looks so weird because you always have to put your because, eye into one of those yeah. and it's like what so is it is it like in front of the eye and then like how far away from that? I don't, the, the, yeah, where is their yeah. head inside I of mean, that? I mean, it's it's just a stupid little it's thing. It's nitpicky but, things, but, uh, it's but I just, thought that was kind of funny. Just like it just on, looked funny the, the on an aesthetic and like a logistical standpoint, I look at that helmet and I'm like, what like the stormtroopers, right? They have a bigger kind of eye yeah. section. But with this, it's just like they did this slit. slit of a T and they're like, that's good enough. You don't need to see anymore. It looks cool. Um, that's all. Also, uninvested. But can I just say that what caught my attention in episode two was the adorbs baby Yoda. Yeah. That is the cutest. First of all, I don't I don't care what anybody says. They absolutely designed that after a Fennec Fox because that's what mm. they look like. And it's adorable. Yeah. And I hate the whole marketing thing. But they got to make one. baby Yodas. Yeah. <laughs> I really freaking want one. And yeah. I honestly was like half into the, ep- you know, I was like half paying attention to it. And then because in the, the end of the first episode, he puts his little hand up. And yeah. I didn't know where that was going. Again, you were like, oh, baby Yoda. And I was like, oh, is that what that's supposed no, to be? No, it's not Yoda. Yoda's well, already dead. Re- but like the baby version yeah, yeah, of Yoda. Yeah. And then, and that's I was like, oh. Because there's no, they have, they don't. George Lucas has never said what the name of the species is, I don't think. They're Baby Yodas. That's yeah. what, <laughs> so everybody just calls it Baby Yoda. It's Baby Yoda. Um, and then when they actually showed it in the second episode, I looked up and I was like, ah, and I started to watch the episode. Because you want to I don't to have that. very girly moments, but I don't know. I think like my my ovaries exploded or something when I saw that that adorable little bastard. And mm-hmm. I was like, I kind of want to see where this goes now because mm-hmm. he's just so freaking cute. Yeah. I love it. So if, if they keep Baby Yoda in all the episodes, then I'll be paying more attention. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, more it's, attention. It's, it's an interesting kind of thing into this because as far as we've known, like I'm not a super Star Wars, like I don't know all the canon and all that stuff. But as far as I know, there's just been Yoda that it, from a species. And I think there was a, a book or something or something that was canon that was written about a wife he may have had at one point. I feel um, like all the Star Wars Star Wars nerds are hissing at you right yeah, now. It's fine, whatever. But that's so <laughs> not that's what this? I my understanding is there's just been two um whatever they're called. And they, 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 I don't, you know, so it'll be interesting to see if they go into dwarf boogers, if they go into where this little guy came from and if there's more of little them uh, or girl, I don't know. Um and so I'm interested to see and how this may may or may not play into the bigger universe. But what was because it this birthed is, from? Exactly. Where I mean, did it come from? Is it like an thing. immaculate conception it's or 50, something? It's 50 years old. Is it Yoda Jesus? It's 50 years old. And this is seven years after Return of the Jedi. So, yes, it could have technically been alive. It could have, like, if, if Yoda did have a wife, it could have been this wife's maybe. I don't know. Um, huh. So 
Fascinating. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's obviously force sensitive. For, it has force abilities. And it's but, so cute when it tries then, to use. But then, them. what does this mean for the for the rest of the films? Because this is before the the films that are out now, and there's no reference to it in there. And you would think that someone like Luke Skywalker or 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 the Palpatine or somebody that has this ability to sense things in the in the Force that they would know that there's know that another Yoda out there. Thing. So now I'm wondering, is this thing even going to make it out of this Well, maybe series? it has like a – there's like a the force shield or something. Or I don't know. That don't know. can block people from knowing it exists. I don't know. Just make a doll, please. When he just so I can put his hand up it. and lifted up that Ugh. thing, I was just like, oh, oh man. Dolls. Shit's getting crazy it's now. It's just adorable. I can't. Yeah. And he ate the frog. Yeah, I could have lived without <laughs> that. <laughs> but again, spoilers. Yeah. There's a baby Yoda-ish yeah. type thing. So I guess we'll see where that goes. I know mm. you will anxiously watch every episode as it yeah. comes out, even though you didn't want to do that, but you're forced so to live like Can't a peasant. Just, yeah, every week. So um, we, you know, we got the holidays coming, so our schedule's all over. We don't know what the hell's going on. We're, we might potentially have a guest at the end of the month, mm-hmm. uh, but it may or might. <sighs> holidays are always weird. Yeah. Um, but we are hoping to do a mega episode with... Um, Reality Bomb Comic Cast and Steady Geek in, or at least some of the peeps from that. Uh, sometime in December, we usually have our our mega sode or something. So hopefully good after Star Wars, it's before Star Wars. That was it. Yeah. So you could talk about how you're going to want to see Star Wars. Yeah. I don't know. And uh, I'll be crocheting a, a baby Yoda. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like what? I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what that. Yeah. I don't know what that means. I'm not familiar with this reference yeah so thank Laser you for joining us space wizards <laughs> space wizards i don't know uh thank you for listening and again we'll have all the links uh to cassandra's stuff and you mm-hmm. can and watch the life xp series and uh go watch glass if you haven't it's not as bad as everybody was saying i was entertained and the mandalorian i don't know what the hell's going on but there's cute shit in it so yay for that yeah watch it watch it bye bye, bye.